how you handle your haters because everybody's going to have haters the work that we do charles cole uh travels the country setting up literate literacy funds and uh, literally giving out money to people to be able to boost literacy in communities he does participatory research with young people so that they live in the data uh that that governs their lives and then write reports in their own words uh and issue that to the community and yet that sounds like good work, right? Everybody can agree that sounds like good work. And yet Charles Cole will encounter haters. A lot people of people who call him everything but the child of God. Everybody, people who will say his motives are everything except for teaching young people how to have agency in their lives. Sharif El Mekki is looking to make sure that we get black men in the classrooms. It is possible for an American child to go to school right now, especially black children, and never see a black male, never see a black teacher, period but never see a black male. And this man is devoting his life, his time, his energy. Take the cap off, Ray. Take the cap off, Ray. Stop it. <laughs> You're starting early. But Sharif el Mekki will travel the country trying to install systems that get more black men into the teaching profession. Uh, he has been a calm uh, uh, ambassador for black peace, <laughs> black education, and they will still come after Sharif el Mekki. He will still have haters. Why? Why would Sharif el Mekki have haters? He's just trying to get black men in the classroom. He's just trying to get black children educated. And then my boy, Ray. So Ray runs a school that actually gets a network of schools. Let me be, let me be real with this. A whole ass network of schools that gets results with our children. All across the country, we are looking for ways to get results for our kids. And we are struggling for the answer to make it happen. And we have people like Ray who are waking up every morning thinking about how do you staff a school? How do you get the budgets right? How do you get the time, the sequence? How do you look at the data? How do you get the kids on track? And Raymond will have haters. He will have people that will say everything uh, besides his real mission. They, they will give him ill motives for the things that he wants to do. Hmm. What's in common here? We are all different people living in different parts of the country. And we will all still encounter people that will, one, get into ad hominem, ad hominem with us, right? Uh, Misstate mis our values, misstate our work and whatever. And we feel a little bit battle tested. I think we've been through this long enough to feel confident and comfortable in our own skin and what we're doing. Hold on, bro. We, you forgot somebody, B. Yeah, hold you on. did. Yeah, hold on. We'll, we'll do his. We'll do his. You know what I'm saying? You got a brother that did not go to traditional college. You got a brother that started out with his first son, not understanding the school system, you know what I'm saying? And going through that process, then getting involved in the actual school board process and learning and starting to expose what these systems are doing to uh, our young people oh, into what's the community. Hey, yes. 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 Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Who now has. Uh, who has been a teacher? He, was, he said he has taught in four decades or three decades. I want to make sure I get it parenting right. Across you know what I'm saying? Decades. Been parenting. Yeah. I'm sorry. I've been parenting yeah. in those decades and has given voices to families, has has given, given a common person that is pedestrian to a lot of education issues, but it impacts them every day, giving them voices. And oh, yeah, also went and started just in his spare time, started a whole different organization for the pure service of black women uh, that, that has been able to fund some amazing ideas and actually add value 
value to our community, uh, you know, and he gets a lot of haters. So, you know, I didn't want to leave you out, big. Adding adding to that though, right? He's also a brother that uh, gives folks opportunities, right? Folks that the the, the three of us probably wouldn't give opportunities to, right? But like in, in, in not hating, Right. And trying to set people up in order to to get voices out there or whatnot. Right. Yeah. He um definitely throws that olive branch to folks that we definitely would not. Even if he doesn't agree with him. Right. So right. Right. Oh, and, yeah, and, people... and he still receives hate. I appreciate this. So what I'm going to ask you all right now is given all the bios that I just read and the track records, what we are trying to accomplish as four black men in a in a racist society, racist country. For our children and for the future, why on earth would we ever be looking in the face of somebody who doesn't look like us, doesn't come from where we come from, who is completely attributing all of our work to ill motives, ill values, and in some cases to white people that are just simply paying us or whatever. Uh, so, so the first thing I want to say is imagine this conversation we're having tonight in, in terms of the people that are watching that may not be as seasoned and battle tested as we are, but want to do this advocacy work and are going to encounter these things. I'm just looking from y'all what you would say from your own experience and your advice to help fortify them, help them understand the game, help them understand the language, right? Uh, what you're going to be called, you know, we could all probably list the, the, the top three things you're going to be called and how to respond and all those things. Right. So let's open up the conversation uh, with that. Now, how do y'all handle your haters. All right. I'll start well, with you, Charles Cole, actually, because because mm. because I think, you know, well, <laughs> this is why I'm going to say this is because I think you have Oakland has one of the craziest stories in that a hater can just like you could be like, I just gave out one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to families last night and haters jump right in your timeline. Yeah, but you whatever. Right. Like, like come right at you. Help me understand how you deal with it. Uh, and how you would tell somebody else to deal with it coming up in your wake. Yeah, one one is discernment. I, I and I don't always handle it uh very, very good. Uh I don't I don't always handle it very well. I know y'all said define haters. So um I mean I think I can look different for a lot of people, but I think folks that just always got something negative to say every time your name come up is something negative or some kind of but or like they gotta add something onto it. That anything to diminish what it, the value that you bring. And this is the thing, you ain't gotta like me. We ain't got to like each other. But you know what I'm saying? You can't but you can't hate on this work. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like, I'll give an example. Everybody don't have to like Kendrick Lamar's latest album and every, but a lot of people do like it, but it's, it's, it's one thing to say, oh, you know what? That ain't my cup of tea. It's not for me. It's another thing to be like, man, he ain't talented. He ain't never been talented. He ain't. What has he done for the culture? Uh, a lot. He's done a lot for the culture. Actually. He's done a whole bunch for, you know, people that want to talk be- about me. Uh, <laughs> you, I, I, you didn't say you didn't like it. I, I was just, you told no, me no. Some no, the positive, the positive haters on uh, this show. Yeah, no, no. He, I was on the the former part where I was like, eh, I don't know if this is my cup of tea, but and I that's fine. No, no, no I, I didn't don't hate on the brother. Not my cup I mean? of tea is not hating. Yeah, like, yeah, like critiquing exactly. something, I think is not hating. But I think that there are people that have not accomplished anything, but they try to diminish your accomplishments because some in some kind of way they feel that by you being successful in what you want to do and them not, they feel like. Oh, I gotta, I gotta say why he's successful. I gotta, I gotta say why this is happening because so people not looking at me. It's you know what I'm saying it's rude in a level of narcissism. It's rude in a level of um of just like you know not being really comfortable with you and your lot in life and what you're doing or whatever. But I, what I would mm. say is Oakland's a little different. Um, I tend to deal with this from a lot of people that ain't really with it like that. Like I'm not a 
I'm actually like a square, man. Like it's so it's so interesting in this work because like and I think all of us can kind of understand this. Like we work with people that's like really like in the streets or really struggling with things or really in poverty and things like that. And at the time, there's people that didn't grow up with you or people that don't know what you went through that got a lot to say. You feel me? And it's like, OK, well, what have you done? Like, check it. Well, if I had this type of relationship, if I had this, if I had what you had, you don't know what the fuck I had. You don't know what I you don't know what I came from. You don't know what I crawled through to get to this moment. You don't know how hard I work. You're not on tour with us when everybody when people going out and they see Charles with a laptop and a notebook. You don't know what I've sacrificed. Right. Like you, you don't know the losses that I take to get to the smaller wins. And I don't even think it's good enough yet. And just wait till you see the next things that we do. I think that's when you talk about hate. I don't actually know how to give that advice to people, though, uh, Chris. Like when you said the last question is the one that messed me up. If somebody's trying to get back in this work or do this type of work. Listen, man, I'm, you, I've talked to y'all. I've talked to y'all off camera about, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm my, my goal is to build enough of a nugget to where I can do my stuff alone in my tucked away in my thing, man. You know, I, you don't have to be friends with everybody. I think try to let your work speak for you is one of those pieces. I think that you have to have a strong community around you. Like, there are people in Oakland and Chicago that know my heart. I don't need... it's. On the internet, somebody always checking what you say. Well, you didn't say this, and you didn't say it like this, and you didn't say it like that. You know why? Because their life is so good that they got time to check everything you saying because they ain't doing nothing uh, oftentimes on their own. You feel me? So I don't know that answer to that question. It's different for different people. I can be volatile at times. I'm working on it. I pray on it. But um, you got to be cool with not having friends. You got to be cool with being alone. And if your mission is your mission is your mission, then that's what you got to focus on and try to focus on the people is much easier said than done. I am not perfect at it. I actually probably get more upset than most of the, than everybody else on our podcast. And I own that. Um, and all I'll say, and, and I'll shut up and let y'all have it after this. I always feel like I'm going to lose it. I, I, I try not to live in this deficit mindset, but if we're going to be honest about it, I live there. It, it is a place that I have to actively work to not be in. And I always feel like, man, somebody is going to get snatched away at some point. And that's not a way that I like to walk through life. But I do say this and I mean it. If I do lose everything, I say, oh, I'm going to make it worth it. Do not be the reason that I lose all my shit. Because if mm -hmm. I knew it, if it's all going to go away, mm -hmm. I'm going to have I, I am going all the way in. And whatever that means, I'm I am I am with it. However, that needs to be. That's not the best mentality to have. But I think when somebody that's came from things that I've come from and not everybody. Right. But that's a mentality that you have to be ready to go off on. So that is not the best advice, but it's real advice. I do want to say, number one, is damn good advice for one. Let's just start there. Number two, when you say that's maybe not the best mindset to be in. I was like, as you were saying it, I was reminded my grandmother, uh, God bless her soul. I remember her years ago say to me that if you're going to be in a fight, and you're going to lose, make sure that the other person knows that they were in a fight. And I take that to heart because I think a lot of times the reason people don't stand their ground uh, in little petty battles, they don't stand their ground, is because they fear losing. Don't fear losing. Just let the other person fear, uh, even if, if they're going to win, let, let it not be an easy win. Let's just put it that way. Let it be a hard win. So, Sharif, yeah, what's up with you, Rumbling. brother? Well, huh? I mean, the first thing, those two examples uh, remind me of Baba Changa. He used to say, if I, you know, remind you, we're like six and seven-year-olds. He's like, if I walked in this room with a broken arm and crutches and a bandage over my eye, does that mean I lost the fight? Mm -hmm. And as little kids, we're like, yeah, man, you sound tore up. 
he's like, suppose I'm coming from the other boy's funeral. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and so, so this is like literally our martial arts teacher. We're like, oh, yeah, right? Like, so every time you get lumps doesn't mean that you actually lost, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that's important. Just part of life is, is you know, you're going to take lumps, um, you know, here and there. Um, and I'm not advocating violence. I'm a pacifist, you know. Um, but what I would say is um, you never, you know, don't assume because what you see means that that person is taking um, taking L's. And so I, I, you know, I approach it a little bit differently, but I, I just think that sometimes, you know, everything has a, you know, uh, a season and a reason and and strategy and, and you, you know, you have to just discern like what's best. What are you going to respond to? What are you not? What are you going to snipe back at? What are you not? Right. Sometimes, you know, chins have to be tapped. Sometimes it's like, you know what, I'm just ignore it. Uh, I remember reading a long time ago, it's like, you know, sometimes you, you kill them with kindness. Sometimes you kill them with blindness and don't even see these jokers, mm-hmm. right? Because sometimes they are like literally their only job is to distract you from what you're working on, mm-hmm. right? And, and you know, uh, who was it? Tony Morrison talked about that with racism, right? Like that the, the main job of racism is to keep you defending your existence, right? And we should know that we don't need to... Uh, you know, prove our humanity, just like we don't need to prove our work, you know, um, besides the people that we're working for. Like to me, that's even as a school leader, as a teacher, I, I they're like, oh, you're in a charter. You're in a, it's like, you know what? The only people I'm accountable for are the people that I made promises to. And I make no promises to you whatsoever. I make promises to the communities that I serve. Those are the only ones. Ultimately, them and God are who I'm accountable to, you know, and so keeping that on the forefront. I think is absolutely important. There are a whole lot of folks who love rhetoric. A, a lot of a lot of folks would just, you know, we used to bring, and all of you have been there. We used to we, and we're going to continue saying used to, like you know, it paused during the pandemic. We'd bring black men from all around the country, those black men who are by themselves in in uh, somewhere in Nebraska, in Iowa, in you know all types of places. We would bring them together for fellowship, for professional learning, to galvanize, to unify, to support. And there were jokers who were literally telling black men in New Jersey, don't go to you know, the black male educators convening. And folks were like, why? Like, well, because we don't like them and you shouldn't like them either. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they just keep asking the whys, right? Like, and you know, and a lot of them came anyway. But just having that level of, you know, animosity. And Sharif, hate. how they hate from outside the club? They can't get in, B. I don't understand. No, What's but, happening? but they could have. <laughs> but they, they so mentally small. That, I can't go, so you shouldn't go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but mentally small. Mental midgets is, is what, you know, we, we see a lot of that. Especially social media. Mm-hmm. Social media has literally given a platform for mental midgets. And they, they proliferated, you know, the whole, uh, the whole system. So, the but trolls. they've always been there. They've always mm-hmm. been there, you know. What about you, Ray? You've been battle tested. You've seen yeah. this thing from several angles. What do you think? So, man, I think one of the most important things is to re- remember who you're doing the work for, right? Mm. I think everybody said that. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, what? So, what? You should put that I, hat on while you're talking, though. I, I, uh, I recharge. I recharge by, uh, by being. Uh, centered in the work like for example uh this week was uh was was national charter school week and uh and and there was a um 
a protest in D.C. And so this protest wasn't like the normal protest where you uh, put plants in and folks would be like, oh, those are astroturfers and like all the other names and coin phrases that they talk about uh, parents in every form. But these were these these parents were organic, organic, right? Uh, true in, in heart, true in nature. And like they were there for one reason. And that was to uh, to let uh, Joe Biden know that you need to back off charter schools mm-hmm. and being able to engage with a Sarah Carpenter, being able to engage with Mama Toya, being able to engage with Renee, who who I, I pinned down and made her tell me who her favorite hand was. And it's it's not me. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> Are you sure? You I, sure? Needed, I needed to hear it. Right. I needed to hear it. <laughs> and so right. But, there's a lot of people that like you more than they like me no, on this no, no. thing. There's Can I have Renee, bro? There's a lot of people that love me, right? Oh, Jesus. That's fine. But, yes. <laughs> hey, but, but listen. They but, all in his house right now. But it's just, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, one one of them's in your house. Reed, what are you talking yeah. about? So, but um, to be in community with 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 those folks, man, it was it, it, it was amazing. Uh, the Naomi Shelton's, the uh, J Artist Rights, and like the folks that are that are in this work that are uh that are shout out uh to the to the Alliance um for um their their work in terms of uh uh getting the stage and, and allowing parents to come and do their thing uh it was an amazing feeling and so that right there kind of helps me to recenter uh why I do the work mm-hmm. uh, and think about uh the, the parents that uh that, that we work for right and, and and allowing them to have a voice but you know what kills me though about these haters right is that they don't. They don't give a shit about these parents. <laughs> like your a parent could come in and a parent could be like, "Hey, I want this type of school for for this kid, and I want this type of, this type of school for my other kid, right?" And and want to run the gamut with choices that they should have in terms of being able to engage their kids in the schools that are going to be best fit for their kids. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have people that'll be like, "Oh, you you're not smart enough to choose your own school, parent, right?" Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely insane to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they hate you for trying to show them the light. They they hate you from ha- for giving them an option. They hate you for uh, even raising the specter of you know you, like you have some special standing because you're black and they're black. Uh, you know, uh, they, they're trying to discouple to decouple you from your own people in that way. Your leadership. What are some common tactics if you had to like really think about the game and you think about your haters? What's some of their main line of attacks? What's some of their tactics? Hey, what national news you was in last week? What? What, what national you, you national news? What are you talking about? <laughs> were you in the national news last week? <laughs> it's in the comments. Oh, I was about to say, I was like, is Ray drinking? What is he talking about? Is he, oh, so there's a comment that I'm not seeing. Okay. Uh, I don't know what that is. Uh, what Principal Kalefe says... Uh, Chris, good to see you in the national news last week. I think I was in a story uh, about CRT in Georgia. Uh, so thank you, Captain Tangent. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yo, listen, listen. The reason why I do that, right, is because you, at between, between the three of you superstars on this screen, y'all are always in some type of news media because of the work that you guys do, right? And you guys are amazing at the jobs that you do. And I don't think that we highlighted that enough. So I'm sorry. And you know what? In the moment that that happens, yeah. that you end up in one of these stories, one of these reports or something that goes out nationally, somebody tweets about it. 
guess what's the very next thing that happens? Hate. Hate. Mm-hmm. You get a hater. You get haters in. Oh, you know, but you know, billionaires. Oh, you neo liberal. You know, blah, blah, blah. You sold out. You know, you you trying to like destroy stuff, you know, whatever. So this is why I'm asking you, because if you were new to this, like like actually, we have a friend who is also in a national news story this week, who isn't always in national news stories. Um, luckily, she has a little bit of experience with haters. But if you're not and you're not very experienced, it could actually ruin your weekend. It could ruin your week to all of a sudden think, well, I, I did something good. And then the next thing you know, you're collecting tweets and, and little messages. I got email uh, from college professors. That won't surprise you. And it won't surprise you what they said to me. People within colleges of education wrote me uh, after we put out uh, a blast last week, email blast. And it won't surprise you what they said to me. So this is what I want to ask you with your haters, with what you've seen. If you had to teach somebody the game, what are some of the main line of attacks? How are they? What's their strategy, like their tactics uh, in trying to come at you? Pull up something you did before, name mistakes, uh, say you only doing it for the money, say, uh, oh, who told you to say that? Um, a whole bunch of stuff. Or they smile on your face and then they just start, you know, y'all, y'all might be, you know, going up for grants or something like that and your name come up and then they got some negative stuff to say, try to like, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it happens. And to be honest with you, I deal with it in a lot of ways. And I think all of us could say this and we just going to call it, say, tell, tell the truth and shame the devil. I feel like I get more hate from, from my own people than I do from like white folks. I feel like mm. white folks be a little afraid to say stuff. It'd be black folks that's, you know, they'd be like, oh, them my white people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, no, no, no. <laughs> or that, that's, that's my grand or that's this my, or this my dad or whatever, right? And I think my thing is this, man. Like, it's a lot of things that they do. And I just feel like they do that because in those moments, you are proof that what they said was impossible is possible. And it is putting pressure on their existence. And so that's not really an issue for me. That's your issue. And sometimes people do it inadvertently. I don't think everybody does it with a mean heart, right? I think sometimes people do just be confused. You know, Cat Williams will say, hey, haters is friends. They fans. You know what I mean? And like, and I and I think there's ways to look at it. I, I think that a conversation can solve, I think, 85 percent of stuff. You know, but I think those are just some of the tactics. I, you ain't got to put it on me because I we, we're not doing the, the 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 panel thing. People can just jump in, but those are some things that I've seen. Y'all might have seen it in some other ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I I think what you said what you said is right though, right? Like some people hate were like a sense of intentionality that I've never seen before in my life. Like for example, like this was a like down in DC was a grassroots effort for parents, but then you have some parents that are like, well, I'm a better advocate than this other parent, right? Like like. I, Fuck are you a better advocate for for somebody's kid than than them, right? And like you know, you got folks that are getting into these back rooms and whatnot, and be like, "Hey, you should fund me because we do this better," right? Like everybody has a different experience in terms of like how they engage parents, and and and, and not all parents are the same. No parents are a monolith, right? And so you know, I I think we need to have we need to start having more conversations like this, putting people out on front street to have them stop doing that because like, you know, folks think that it's okay for you to go and talk negative about somebody else's, somebody else's uh, way of, of feeding their kids. I don't think that that's acceptable. I think that that's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. Like so much can be, uh, you know, uh, handled through, you know, diplomacy and, and conversations and taking a high road, you know, 100%. I, I do, uh, you know, agree with that. You know, Malcolm used to talk about, you know, that uh, true criterion of leadership is spiritual. 
So bring in, um, you know, an aspect of that, you know, and, and again, just constantly remembering like what your North Star is like, your why. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think people's why is so important um, because if you know like who you're in service to, with and for, um, then it's, you know, it's, it becomes more of a challenge for haters to, to block you um, mm -hmm. because you're, you know, you're, you recognize that your work is connected to something uh, much, much bigger. Mm -hmm. but as far as like directly your question, um, Chris, you know, as far as like, you know, what do I, you hear? Um, I think sometimes you hear, you know, labeling, right. You know, people want to start uh, saying that you've been brainwashed, even though they ain't in your brain, they haven't done no brain scans, but they, they think <laughs> they know that some kind of way someone has infiltrated mm -hmm. your brain, um, yeah. and started, uh, you know, doing things. They want to define you. Uh, some of them, I mean, you see this a lot, you know, uh, Ray talked about, you know, or Cole talked about, you know, his own people. Um, you know, you fo you start seeing people that's trying, even if you're not saying anything directly to them, they just show up, hop up there in front of your face and they're like, yeah, I'm blacker than you. You know, they want to out-black you, which I always find comical, right? Like, you know, mm -hmm. people just want to, like, just start promoting what they did in the last, you know, 60 days, you know, and just like, yeah, well, that's fine. Good for you. But if you recently found your blackness, you know, just <laughs> walk with humility. Don't just try to just jump in folks uh, faces and start trying to prove, you know, because this is one of the things that Thomas Sankara talked about. Right. He's like, you know, this revolution isn't this public speaking tournament. And that's what many people want to turn the work into. You know, they're more infatuated with rhetoric than results. And so they'll mm -hmm. what he warned about like this. It ain't the revolution ain't a public speaking tournament. It ain't a battle of fine phrases. But a lot of folks, that's what they want to turn it into, because they can't show you the work. They can't show you receipts. They can't show you what you're what they're doing. They can't show you the impact that they're having. But, man, they sure can talk a good game. They can tweet faster yeah, you know. than, than most folks. Right. And so that. <laughs> I think the reason that, like, you know, I hate when people say Twitter's not real life. I hate when it's people. Not, I, 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 I say that too. But go I ahead. Yeah, I know, but uh, as someone who's a long-term Twitter user and a communications person, this is why I hate it. Because narratives get started and they take off and they take root through all channels of communication and mass media, including mm -hmm. social media. So if you want to kill ideas or kill policies or kill programs or get people fired uh, or get people in trouble or whatever, there's there's lots of material impact to ignoring things that take place. So like the work that we do, for instance, uh, oftentimes ends up being policy work. We're trying to get public understanding around the issues that we care about. We're trying to increase public proficiency around what we care about. And there's some very strong narratives that mm -hmm. get shared and retweeted and reshared uh, that, that do things like, you've heard me talk about the belief gap. The belief gap is the difference between what our kids are capable of and what the adults in their lives think they're capable of. Right. And when it comes to the belief gap, nobody has a bigger belief gap than black children. And the narratives around black children that get traded over and over and over again in popular culture, in social media, whatnot. Uh, um, you talk about black achievement and if it's not high enough, the first thing goes to, well, they're probably poor or their parents are probably bad or their culture or their, their, uh, their neighborhoods, their backgrounds, their SES, all test measure, all test measures, whether your parents are educated or not. Um, uh, you know, maybe if they were doing a better job with their kids, whatever. These are all narratives that, that take root in the public mind and stay there. Um, 
there are things that have been changed in the public mind through social media over time in the last 10 years that never would have been challenged in any other way. Right. So I do think that like there need to be competing narratives for the worst narratives that are killing us. And the way that it happens is activists mm-hmm. um, thinking through the stories, thinking through the truth, combating negative stories about us, combating negative data about us. And oftentimes that happens through social media. Right. And I think what like a lot of the educators, for instance, that come at us oftentimes have the same set of talking points across the country. You they, say, they, they say like the same five things when it comes to when we talk about charters or choice or needing more options or alternatives or whatnot, their narratives are so strong and they, they share them. You could live in New York or Arizona or, or Seattle, Washington, and, and find a teacher saying the exact same thing. That's the power of like a shared narrative, right? And then they take those shared narratives with them into their communities and into their families' houses and into the voting booth. Uh, and they, they get things the killed. Too. They, take them, they take those belief gaps Ooh. into the classroom too, right? And, and we don't, I don't feel like we talk about that enough either, right? It's like, listen, you know, it, it, anytime we talk about teaching or the lack thereof, right? It's not an indictment on the profession per se. Right. But like we need to be able to have tough conversations about when teaching happens and when it doesn't happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And we need to be able to call it out. Mm-hmm. And we also need to be able to look at the metrics that tell us that teaching isn't happening. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like people mm-hmm. want to back off and like, oh, standardized tests are the devil. Well, when you can give <laughs> us an alternative, you can give us an alternative that allows mm-hmm. us to have markers to show that there is student growth that is happening in these classrooms, then you cannot expect for black and brown parents to trust these systems that weren't designed for them. Mm. Yeah, I, I think we should stay on this Twitter versus real life thing. I actually, I actually think this is a good debate. I think, I think in what you do, Chris, and how you work and the work that you're in, I think, I, absolutely, I think that's the answer that you should have. I, I, I think that there is, and there's a whole movement around that piece. When I say that, the vast majority of people that I love, that know me, that know my heart, don't look at Twitter. Like we live in a time where people will go to Twitter to figure out what they think about something because they're waiting for Twitter to tell them what they think. Now, if you are somebody that I'm in business with and you see a Twitter campaign and you decide that you don't want to rock with me no more, well, that's a blessing from the, uh, about, you know, grass is getting cut and letting snakes see, right? If you that fickle and that feeble and that's how you change, how, if you're going to rock with me or not, then, hey, man, that probably was a blessing. Listen, we got to get to it. Everybody don't have to agree with you. The four of us do not agree on everything. The one thing we agree on is about believing in our people and what black people can do. But outside of that, we debate. We 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 give each other, we push and we pull. And there are things we concede or things that we push on. And I know that my auntie, who is my favorite person, who has a son that has autism and part of the reason that I, I parlayed my position as a social worker to help my family, she ain't looking at that and she know my heart. So yeah, maybe I said something wrong or maybe I did something. Maybe I got in trouble. Like, and you just want to pull that up. You don't know me. You don't know my heart. You don't give a fuck about me. You wasn't praying for me when I was in them shelters. That's the other thing. It works both ways. It's a lot of people that claim to, or, or, or say that they love me now. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, thank you for praying for me now. But you didn't know me then either. You know what I'm saying? Twitter, Twitter gets on the winner's bandwagon. And it's like, I'm weary when people start liking me because of that stuff, too. You know what I mean? It cuts both ways. You're never as bad as they say you are. And you're never as good as they say you are. So I agree with you, Chris. There are prevailing narratives that can grow there, and it is a wing of activism now, and it is in the zeitgeist. But you need to have an anchor. Sharif was talking about your why. 
I do a whole session called what's your anchor? What's the thing that holds you down? What do you care about at the end of the day? And what's going to keep you on your square? What is your anchor? And if you are letting Twitter ragdoll you and you're making your choices and decisions off of that, one, learn how to cut that phone off and two, get back to the land of the living. So I don't disagree with what you're saying. And Chris, you are a service and what you do, you are a service to the field and to a, bu a bunch of us that don't have that energy. Because here's the thing. I, I, I'm not doing what you do, bro. I cannot go back and forth. We not like when they cross certain lines, y'all have all of y'all have seen me in Twitter exchanges. Y'all have been having good little long two, three hour threads. And then I come on. I'm like, so where are we meeting at? Like, what are we doing? What is happening right now? Like, you know what I'm saying? So I, everybody's just not built or doesn't have the type of patience that you have. And you're very good at it. Twitter is a skill. It is not a skill set that I have in that same way. Like either we're going to be nose to nose or we're going to agree to disagree or we're going to, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever. And because I disagree with you on something, don't mean I can't love you. It don't mean that I can't rock with you. You know what I'm saying? Some of this should be wild, but also if I see you just make your opinions based off of what's trending and I don't know if I want to really kick it with you. No way. I, I well, look at a Look at an actual example though. In new Orleans, <laughs> Twitter became real life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And I'll tell the audience how. We're an audience. Uh, or we're in New Orleans. We're on. A, we're doing a live show. We're on a platform. Somebody, uh, a person, gets up and stands up. And I don't know if it was a question or a statement that that person made. It was a statement. Was it a statement or a question? Was, I can't remember. Okay, it was declarative. So, yep. So a parent stands up in a uh, a mink coat in New Orleans <laughs> and says something on the order of, I think y'all talking too much about black children or children of color. What about the white kids or something like that? And, you know, now we're not in Twitter universe. We're in real world. We're in a real world room. And that becomes mm -hmm. an issue, right? Then that person leaves and takes to Twitter and spends mm -hmm. the next three years uh, trolling all of us on Twitter. And, and I'm actually uh, very friendly uh, with that person. Oh wow! <laughs> you said you're what with that person? I hear you. He said he's friendly with that person. <laughs> he got I mean, hat. ladies and gentlemen, the six black hands again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, 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 they definitely took it to Twitter. They wrote it was an article that came out like a year ago, uh, or whatnot. But you know what? There were other people that was there, and them black women that was there that were like, "Yo, thank you for that. Thank you." Right. You know what I'm saying? They held me down, and I didn't even have to get. I, I don't even know what that person said because that person is not they're muted or blocked or something. I don't hear it. And I wish them well. And here's the thing. I don't even disagree with everything that she had going on. I think that that person was a good advocate for their situation. What I was saying was anytime like, yo, I'm having a moment. talk. I'm talking to specific people in this thing. And all I said was we got to go do our own work and then we can come together. And so I think that, yeah, man. And, and it's also that's also a lady. It's not much that I'm gonna be able to do. I just disengage. But the point is, it's like, what? Hey, look, I don't know if I'm even going to call her a hater. We got a difference of, of opinion. I do think that somebody is a bit more privileged and, and rich and feels like they should have their way on things. And it is what it is. Like, we not, nothing's going to happen. Are you get your husband or something in and, and me and him can have a conversation because <laughs> I'm not going to disrespect you in that way as a lady. I don't have I that. Disavow. I disavow. Not, I disavow. But, I mean, <laughs> what, am I, what am I saying that's wrong? I'm being honest and I'm holding and I'm a. I, the, the reason why the people that rock with me rock with me is because of how I stood in that moment and I stood on my square, even at the dismay of some of my of, of some of, of some of us here. Right. Like, I, but that is my anchor. 
I these are the people that I care about. I'm thinking about my aunt. I'm thinking about my mom. I'm thinking about uh the, the, the Keisha Youngs in Oakland. I'm thinking about like the type like Sarah Carpenter type people. Like, like I know the power that I got in that space. And and they and you can disagree. It's okay. The world's not gonna end if we disagree, but you're not pushing me off my square. Yeah. And yeah, the only so, thing I'm I'm pointing out is she didn't stop there. No, nah, she didn't. No, so she just kept going and she became somewhat of a there's a point in which you're a troll and then there's a point in which you start stalking mm-hmm. right and and that person i just want to say you would know that this type of work that we do gets that serious we were on a podcast on a stage why would somebody want to leave there and turn into a stalker like a long-term like stalker to the point where you have to be muted twice and two or three times and and blocked and all kinds of other stuff and every time you make a point she wants to jump into the twitter thread and say this is those racist people, blah, blah, blah. Like we were, we all of a sudden became racist, right? You know, like, mm-hmm. like, like, like that, that's the, the, the hater aid. Anyways, I don't want to press on. So I'm, it's very that. unfortunate that you guys get yeah. that type of energy from, from that person. Because <laughs> right? I don't, right? And so. <laughs> I mean, I'm a, so Ray don't do this because I'm in the middle of the thing. Ray going to throw the thing back. Now that the angry black man is, but I remember this, bro. I remember you was like that. I'm like, how am I angry black man? Oh yeah, no, no. I I, re- I remember everything. I don't know if <laughs> I said those words. You absolutely said it. Don't you, you absolutely said it? Uh, and, but I mean, because she one, she used that as her fuel for later on. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And two, them black women in the crowd right then was like, no, that's not him being angry or whatever. But the point is, whether it's haters or whatever the case is, right? Like, and this y'all, and this this is part of the thing that when we were talking about the. Uh, the, the Will Smith, Chris Rock thing again, not even about those people. I just want to put I just want to put a serv- public service announcement out there. I'm, I'm not speaking for the three of these other for these other three brothers. Put the screen on me. I don't want Uh-oh. them to have to get this. Oh, put the screen. I on don't Charles. care how I don't care how you feel about what I say on the stage with a microphone in my hand. You come up on that stage. I'm hitting you in the face with the base of the microphone. I'm not, I do not play them games. I do not come from that type of place. It is not one of those things. I'm not a violent person. I'm not, I'm, I'm really not, I'm really a square. I am not, as they say, quote unquote, with the shits, but c- do not come on the stage while I got a microphone. I don't care how you feeling about it. You can yell, you can jeer, but you come up there. I think you might be trying to have a knife like that dude did with Dave Chappelle. I'm not playing them games. So everybody's, this is just a camera on me. Uh, like I said, we can disagree. We can, we can, we can argue. We can do whatever. But if I feel like you a threat, I feel like you're trying to put my your hands on me. I don't give. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. Uh, yes, it, it does not matter to me. It's gonna be an issue, man. Do not come no, on that I mean, stage. How do we get crazy? How, how do we get? How do, how do we? Get I'm gonna tell you how we got here. Right here, right because, now. In this because stage. we saw what happened on the stage, yeah. and then we saw what happened with Dave Chappelle. We are four very controversial people. We have one pacifist on that piece. We have activist people yeah. in unions. You have activist people that don't like us. I'm listening to what. Listen to what you said. What I'm, the point that I'm making is, I'm telling you how we got like here. The king has shotguns. You can, you know, you gotta. I'm telling you, be, I'm you telling know, you how we got here because people think certain things are sweet. I don't think I don't people want that somewhere. energy. I mean, but listen, I mean, I'm just letting I mean, you know it can happen yeah, anywhere, those bro. Type of folks are, yeah. I mean, yeah. listen. So, so wait, 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 hold on. I'm saying this. I don't just do stages with y'all. I talk all over the country. I've been yeah. in Oakland and shit has gotten crazy. Like I've been. 
I am from a place where the first black superintendent was assassinated. I am somewhere he's, he's where I have Philly. talked about. He's, he's the man that you talk about is from Philly. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. So like, I am. I am also from a place where I've been on those stages, and I've had to be like, okay, here's what's happening. Here's what will lead to school closures, and people have jumped up and felt some kind of way. And what I'm saying is, we can have a, a cordial conversation, but you're not coming up here and bum rushing the stage and taking nothing out of my hand. And I'm not. That's I don't just speak with eight black hands, right? There's I. I'm going back to Oakland on Wednesday. I got to talk to give uh, at LinkedIn and then some other stuff like uh, in the hood or whatever. The point that I'm making is I love people, man. I love it. But the Internet and the thing that's not real, like Chris was saying, that Twitter, this is where it do get real. People saw that shit happen online and nothing happened. They saw Will Smith walk away with an award. They saw the dude not get charges pressed against him uh, that hit Dave Chappelle. I'm going to fuck you up and I'm pressing charges. I'm just letting right. you know. So, Don't come on my stage. So, 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 so. Really quick. Let me, let, ahead, me just, let me let me clarify a point. Right. OK. And so for your point, um, I. am equally I have the same energy as, as Sir Charles. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so but I don't I don't need to put that out there. I need you to come on stage and try it so you can feel this energy. That's mm -hmm. it. OK, so what I want to say about this <laughs> point is if you were if you were listening to this uh, again, you are listening to the eight black hands and we are in the middle of, I think, a great show on how to uh, handle your haters. The, 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 the point of the show really is that we are battle tested and have been through some things. And if somebody is coming, we need as many more people to stand up and be activists and advocates as we can possibly get. And in any way you want to activate, however you want to use your voice, we just need you to use it because uh, we are being shouted down and, and outworked in many cases by, by, the, by the forces that are not here for black education. So, uh, so however you want to come into the game, but we're not gonna to lie to you on your way into the game, into the, into the thing. We're, we're going to tell you that there are going to be people that are gonna turn your motives around and try and use it against you in ways. And what Charles just talked about, Charles just talked about violence, right? And I see Sharif like, oh, wait a second now, I'm, I'm the pacifist and I wanna jump in here. And so, so, so we, so, you know, we got the, we got the militant and the pacifist about, and, and sometimes those are the same things. So don't, but, but, but this is what I wanna say about this point is there's a lots of different kinds of violence, right? And, and the way that I look at it is, if you try and get me fired from my job or you're yeah. trying to interrupt my salary yeah. And I have kids and a household that I live in. That's violence to me too, Fact. right? So you don't have to bum, bum rush me on stage for me to consider it violence. And a lot of times what our haters are attempting to do is to get us cut off from things, from yeah. resources, from having a standing, uh, trying to drag our name through the mud or whatnot. And I don't know how the rest of you all think about that. But when I oh, think yeah. about that, I think about that in material terms. That's violence to me too. You, you And I'm saying this as somebody who has lost two jobs when I was on the school board, because I made unpopular votes or I took an unpopular position on something publicly, and now all of a sudden people want to use their social power to try and cut me off from my work, call my, my job and start trying to, you know, start boycotts and, and do other things. And I get fired. Right. And I have kids at home. Yeah. So so this activism thing is is real. Yeah. And 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 the, the haters that come for you aren't just coming to just have little petty little talks. No. and stuff like that they're trying to ruin your name they're trying to make it so you can't work anywhere else they're trying to create a digital trail so that if anybody tries to work with you and they look you up they're going to find all kinds of haterade right mm. this is real mm. this is real and not everybody wants to sign up for that not everybody people people are like well damn i just thought i was advocating for black children uh, I, I didn't, I didn't that I didn't alone when but when has that not been dangerous in this country 
Well, yeah. I mean, when is advocating for open. black children not been dangerous? Mm. When mm-hmm. is, when is mm-hmm. that not put you up front and and put you in harm's way? Like that's mm-hmm. that's the the stark reality of it. And mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. you know, making sure, and I agree with you, making sure that you are you know aware of this. And it doesn't. I don't even think. And and you all are also saying this. Like, it doesn't have to be public, right? It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. a stage. It doesn't have to be this. As soon as you start doing something, because if you're if you're putting black children first, that means you are inevitably, with full certainty, going to start critiquing the system that exists. Mm-hmm. And with that comes a whole lot of people who are in their positions to defend the very thing that you recognize is putting kids in harm's way. Yes. And so that that's just that that's a part of it, right? And then if you're a free thinker. You know, one of my favorite quotes that, uh, you know, my peoples gave me a long time ago from uh, Jodorowsky was like, birds born in a cage think flying is an illness. If you recognize that Ooh, and damn. you're a free thinker, then, yeah, there are going to be people who like, yeah, well, he's ill. He's insane. I need to attack him. But you got to recognize mm-hmm. also, like, if you don't, you know, as Cole said, don't get off your square. Like, you know what? Is born in a cage, a mental cage. Again, mm-hmm. mental midget born in a cage and think your free thinking, your uh, black child advocacy means that you are harmful to not only the world, but to yourself. And here they come. Yeah, but you got some black folks that are indoctrined in that thinking as well. Oh, everybody who promotes whiteness ain't white. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. no that's called like, neocolonialism. So yeah. <laughs> neocolonialism it, 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 is when it comes into black face. Yeah, but it, it it hurts it it hurts so much more when it comes mm-hmm. from black mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Nah, but I, I mean I, I, I don't know. It, it, it hurt regardless of who it is. I, I mean I I I love Sharif, and this is why I love Sharif. Uh, because that was his poetry, and that's who Sharif is. I'll say that in a very different way. Listen, I listen. I, I, Lauren Hill say sometimes you gotta say mm, yeah, you gotta you gotta, you gotta, gotta add them up, me, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, niggas here. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I, you know, that's that's what Lauren said, and and but what I was, you know, but what what for me and y'all know this. I've talked about this off, and I'll, I'll share with this family. We ain't gotta go super in depth into it, but like you can call it trauma, you can call it whatever. I remember what the shelter smell like. I remember I lived in four of them, and so when you trying to take bread out my mouth. I feel like you're trying to put me back in a place that I said I would die before I went back to. It's going to be an issue. It's going to be a real issue. And y'all have seen me personally deal with that. You have seen me. You're like, damn, this, this Charles is kind of paranoid. Like, yeah, maybe. But I'm not going back. I kept, y'all saw me keep an apartment for two extra years after I bought something else because that is something very, very real in my life. People learn from the things that they've gone through. And in the neighborhood I grew up on, your head got to be on a swivel for the system and racist cops, but also people that see you coming up and want that change. You know what I'm saying? I've been with y'all for so long. I always would take this off. I wouldn't bring my ch- I wouldn't bring my charm. I would just have my chain with me just because of what I came from. So I think as we're talking about haters, you got to understand what your triggers are. You got to understand the place where you came from and what would call know the things that would cause you to have an irrational reaction to a certain situation. I do think at this point that Ray Sharif and Chris know me well enough to where it's like they've seen irrational reactions that's irrational to them but to people that i've been around been like no no you you handled that brilliantly i've chris is you know as a brother has been like bro i need you to let that go i need you to calm that down it's like no no that it's not but that's how things work again when Twitter chris stewart tells you you need to calm it down when chris stewart says bro you need to calm it down because because people constantly in my ear like constantly people telling me like chris you need to like 
So, so think about what you just said, though, because I'm agreeing with mm-hmm. you with, with what I'm about mm-hmm. to say, which is when people wonder why I go toe to toe and I try and stamp things out real quick with anybody who comes at me, mm-hmm. it's because I treat every one of them like they're the people that were trying to get me fired from my job. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you just said go back to the shelter, I think about going back to unemployment insurance the way that I felt when that happened mm-hmm. the first two times. And after that. I made a real kind of commitment towards, oh no, you're going to know right away from, from, from tweet one, you're going to know right away that this isn't the game we play because I'm going to see it as uh, this isn't a tweet. This is you attempting to cut my knees from underneath me in what I'm trying to do in the world. And we, and and you're going to know that you were in a fight. And that's a rule for me that suffer no fools, right? right? That should be a rule to me. That should be a rule. No, 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 honey. This is not what we're doing today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you woke up on the wrong side of nobody. But this is this is not what we're going to do today, right? <laughs> but that, but, that, but, that, but right? and that's but that's the reason why I can't. That's the reason I don't go back and forth on Twitter the way you do, right? You and I have a different level of you know, like I like I've like re, I've seen Reef and Ray be online and and, and kind of get into it with people, and I'm like, yo, I admire them. That's great. I'm not doing it. I'm just, I'm not fucking doing it. It's it's important to know, you know, like know what your, you know, as you mentioned earlier, like what triggers are, where you stand, what your orientation. You got to know who you uh, are. You know, um, yeah, know thyself is the most important thing and and what's healthy and what's unhealthy for, you know, uh, for us um, as individuals. I I do think that's important. I think that's important for all activists, you know, like what space they're going to be, what they're, you know, going to do, right? Like, you know, even... And depending on the strategy, right? Like what Dr. King ha- and how they would, you know, talk to folks about before they went to a protest and what they were going to face and what they should do. And, you know, when you think about like uh, Greensboro and the student uh, sit-ins and all these kind of things, like they were thinking about a very particular, and he would say like, hey, if you are a certain type of makeup, this ain't your, this ain't your fight. There are mm-hmm. other ways for you to, um, mm-hmm. you know, to jump in. This particular mm-hmm. strategy ain't you. You know, like we're doing a very specific tactic. And so I think is that's really important for, um, you know, everybody to, uh, you know, just to to know. And, and you know, those people who are out there, they also rec- need to recognize that people are often like just seething cauldrons of conflicts. Mm. And they shouldn't just, you know, assume that people are from, you know, some kind of, you know, uh, that they've never been through things and they're just going right. to be pushovers and, and so forth, because you don't know what people's stories are and you don't know what people's triggers are. And so, you know, learn how to, you know, hate in a way that ain't going, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, get your chin checked, I think is, is you know, really important. But, you know, ultimately, ultimately, I think this work is going to, it's never going to not have uh, people uh, shooting daggers at you. Um, right. And when we think about our ancestors, what they went through, you know, Common, what he said, Common said, I kneel with a rebel's prayed. Like those re- rebellious ancestors um, and what they had to go through, like, you know, I'm like, uh, you know, some hate, small things to a giant, you know, because like our ancestors, those rebellious ancestors went through so much more. Than, I love I, I love that Negro. Beef. I love this Negro so much because we is on such different levels. <laughs> yeah. So here's, here's what I'll add to that, Lee, uh, and, and fellas. Um, this work, man, it, it'll take you out. Right. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. and so this work is not for the faint of heart. It's very difficult mm-hmm. work. Right. So if you're aspiring to be in this type of work, you know, make sure that you are checking your mentals. 
Checking on your mentals. Make sure you. Yo, that's my man's water. podcast. Yeah. Man. Check your mentals, yeah. Mal. <laughs> make sure you were. Sure uh, make sure you are definitely uh, doing your yearly checkups and, and staying in tune with your health, because like you can get angry and like things can happen. Mm-hmm. Things you know, and, and and the next thing you know, you're in somebody's hospital room, uh, based off of not being able to deal with uh, you know, the level of scrutiny that you can get from trying to do the right thing for people. Right. Mm-hmm. And so always want to be mindful of that. I always want folks to know what they're stepping into because this is a lot. This ain't no easy. Like you, you may see, you know, folks doing it and you're like, man, this seems like, you know, I could, I could do this or whatever, but like this shit ain't easy at all. Well, and you also got to be good. But you also got to be good. That's the other thing. Like that's the other thing. And you got to like know your role. Cause I think like when we, we, we got a, the example we just talked about, I consider myself to be an activist, an advocate, in addition to the other work that I do. I'm a writer, I'm a speaker, I do these other things too. But one of the roles that I took on a long time ago that I thought was f- fairly critical was we have school leaders who are trying to do good work, who get attacked, who we know can't return fire, uh-huh. right? And sometimes we see schools close or we see school, school leaders move on or have to leave or whatever because their hands were tied behind their back. They couldn't uh, return attacks that were coming on them and there was no one defending them. There was no one standing up saying, oh, I'll take it on for you. I'll stand in your way. You keep teaching children. You keep doing your school thing and I'll block and tackle for you or whatnot. That and mentally for me a long time ago, that became what I saw the pugilist nature of what I do the role of it it isn't just to be out here writing and tweeting and whatnot it's if you are going to try and come for our schools or school leaders especially people that i know and i know they tell me privately what's going on but they can't themselves jump out there and do anything about it so the other side knows that they're beating up on somebody that can't do anything about it and Mm -hmm. they're really their goal is to get them fired or get them ousted to get them out of town now Tell me y'all haven't seen that exact same situation, right? It's a playbook. playbook Told playbook, because they can't say anything back. And it's like they're always looking around, like who, you know, who in the community or who in my my network is gonna like what they call cover fire out in out in the field, right? Mm. And they need it, and they need people who are good, what Charles just said, like are good at it, like good at like, you know, like getting out there because they're not gonna sit on Twitter all night long, but Twitter can get you fired. I'll just be real with you. Twitter can get uh, uh, charges it sure can. brought on you. You know, it could get you, it could get uh, lies about you into circulation and th- that end up in the newspaper mm. and end up on the news at night. And you're like, where the hell did this come from? Right. Like, like all of a sudden, you, you know, and you look around who can help you. So I would just say that. But, you're talking about a, but you're, you, I mean, you give us some real game and I don't know if people really understand it. Like you need a niche. And I, that was one of my pieces around. I tell all my friends that's in this type of work, get you an LLC too. Everything you're doing also have something on the side that you can do that. Like if you, if you one of them people like a Chris Stewart that can actually be somebody's fodder on Twitter or y'all believe in the same thing and you, and they don't want, like, I don't want to deal with that. If I had the bread, I just hire him and be like, well, you deal with that then, right? Like, like, but as a, as a black person, as a brown person, as somebody doing this work that cares about kids, you have to also find your niche and something that can garner you money independently, just in case, if, especially if you tie to a larger body that has to play this politics game in a different way. Now we're talking about where you have your mattress money. Like, what, what is that? What else are you good at? So you can still just earn. So what I would like to have is if one of us get, if let's say I got in trouble, God forbid, knock on wood, I don't want to put down nobody else. 
But I, I'm, I'm glad I want to have friends in position like a Ray, a Chris or a Reef. Like, oh, OK, Charles, I know Charles got this skill. I can shoot him this contract over here so he can do what he needs to do. We have to have that type of network. You like you see people on the Internet that are truly independent, like because they make their own money. I have a I won't say his name here. He's a friend, but I don't want to, you know, but this cat does and says whatever he wants. I agree with some of it. A lot of it. I don't. But nobody's stopping him. <laughs> no, no. But here's the thing. Nobody is stopping him because he built his own stuff up from scratch. He divested from larger institutions where he doesn't have to play that game and he's doing what he needs to do. I know some sisters that do that thing as well. So I just think that that's just don't let that go over your head. What Chris was saying. Yeah, no, that's that's dope game. Right now, now I know we're going to run up on time. And so I, I, I I took some notes, uh, just like some key points that y'all made, and I want to share them. I also want to give y'all like a chance to do your final word. Before that, I don't feel like I gave a concrete uh, example to folks. Um, so I just want to say today, no, yesterday I tweeted out something about um, teachers in Minneapolis. Beth Hawkins, who is a nationally renowned journalist, wrote a piece years ago, and she retweeted it today to bring it up again, that in Minneapolis, uh, the the wealthier and the whiter the school, the better paid the teachers. And they did some studies and some analysis. So the blacker your classroom, the lesser paid your teachers. So if you're a child in Minneapolis and you're white, uh, chances are your teachers are better paid than black children. And for me, with all that we talk about with equity, that should just be a simple point to talk about. Like, mm. does it make sense that in 2022 that a black child's teachers would be on the, on the basis of race of the classroom in the school would be lesser paid? Now, we can talk about all the reasons that that happens, but we should be able to just talk about it as a thing. The response that I got from a teacher in Jacksonville, Florida, and Sharif jumped in on this, <laughs> this Twitter thread, she said, this is an answer to my tweet of what I just told you about. You know that your billionaire funded salary could send 50 of my Latin students to Italy and Greece for two weeks, right? That's what private school students do. But solving inequities would put a huckster like you out of work, wouldn't it? You and other vultures don't dare to teach. Well, first of all, I just want to say, I looked up her school, and if she's teaching, her kids don't know it. And I just want to put it that I just want to put it that way because I saw the outcomes. So she's been teaching for thirty-eight years, but I'm putting teaching in air quotes. But why I got to be a vulture and a <laughs> <Not huckster? air laughs> You know, yeah, I got to put the teaching in the air quotes because if she's teaching, the kids ain't learning. Uh, whatever it is, because I went and looked up the things and, you know, their own school improvement plan actually is pretty honest about the fact that she needs to spend less time coming at Chris Stewart and more time coming at her practice. You live in a they throw rock, they become victim like society. And it's just that's just the time. Right. You can say whatever crazy to me. But when I say something back about the thing that you're supposed to be good at doing, now I'm attacking all teachers. Now I'm attacking. No, no, I ain't got a problem with education. I ain't got a well, I do, but I ain't got a problem with all teachers. I got a problem with you not being good. Don't conflate. Don't look around. You said that. That is you. That's your thing. But again, bro, but you've been blessed with a with a level of. Like, but you playing them streets, Chris. Like, you like playing in them streets. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just gonna you, say, I didn't you, say you that. You get catharsis from that shit. You know, her school improvement plan said that. Her school improvement plan. So, so, anyways, I just want to say, like, I'm telling you, she's supposed to be a left wing justice loving person, and I'm telling you, 
that black students get lesser paid teachers in Minneapolis and your response is that I'm a huckster and a vulture, right? Okay, so I only have three examples. I'm gonna go to the next one. Amy Froge, who was a former school board member in Nashville, she was tweeting something and I tweeted at her about the, the measurable results for black children in her district. And her response was, shame on you. My last presentation at my board was about integration, but you're nothing more than a paid whore. Not interested in engagement. Right? <laughs> not a whore. You got well, to be a paid you whore. You whore. And, well, and first first of, I want to say, like, for the record, I think getting paid. That's redundant. It's redundant. Whores do it for free. No, whores are free. No, it's, it's redundant. A paid whore is redundant. So. Prostitutes get but, paid. But here's I the thing. Whores are happy to do it for free. But, but that's the person teaching. She don't even know redundancies. You feel me? Like that's 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 what the, that's what they're teaching, right? Like you don't know redundancies yourself. You don't know that that's a that sentence ain't even structured well. But continue, brother. You know you paid whore. The last one. So those are two on the left. I'll give you a right wing version, right? The the right wing version is I tweeted about uh, teachers unions are still imperfect on racial matters, but it pains me to admit they're better on race than their private school choice opponents. Choice uh -oh. folks should worry about glass houses when criticizing teacher unions on race. I'm just pointing out that some of our, our school choice friends have gone a little crazy on race. Robert Pondicio uh, uh, tweets at that. He takes my tweet and says, uh, unions fought to keep schools closed and teaching remote at an incalculable cost to black and brown kids. This is so-called better on race only only to those whose paycheck depends on perpetual inequity. So now I'm a race hustler. I have a paycheck that needs things to stay inequitable so that I can stay in so-called business, right? He's not the only one who has said that, by the way. First of all, why everybody got a problem with the salary? Like, like, like you up with That's the Negro, the you got a job. You got a job. Why is the hate so strong on the, the job part? Well, look, I'm so glad that you brought up left and right. You know, I was talking to a friend uh, this past week, um, and she said her husband said, like, you know what? Life is a circle. And mm. the more left you go, you end up on the right, right? Because <laughs> it's the same right? It's the same mindset. We talk about this a lot. What Malcolm talked about, that bird. And two wings, we talked about on Freedom Friday, right? Like, you know, they just, it's the same bird, right? And so whether they're on the left or the right, whether they're Democrat or Republican, it's so much similarities. They have more in common with each other about anti-Blackness, about Black children. They don't children, like uppity Negroes on either side. Oh, free Negroes? Either side. Come on, bro. Yeah, they don't love Come an on. uppity Negro on you either know? side. So, you know, all of that, I'm not surprised, I'm not surprised that, you know, you're able to pull from both sides, but, you know, the fact that uh, there's hate all around, you know, like rejoice it, embrace it you know? right. and ignore as much as you can. I'm glad y'all well, back to Freedom Fridays. I can't wait to get an invite to come. Oh, you, you, I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Just kidding, bro. You, you, you coming on soon, bro. You coming on. So anyways, I want to wrap up into our final thoughts, because I think this has been a good discussion. Uh, as best we could possibly have about the game itself, about haters and about the preparation for people when they come into advocacy work or any type of work that puts them out in the public to know that it's real, that it gets real. Um, you might get your, your, your knees skinned a little bit. You might get bruised up a bit, um, but you have to make a decision on whether or not that's going to deter you for speaking the truth on behalf of your people. So let's wrap in the final thoughts. Uh, and I'll start with you, Ankrum, since we started the other direction. What are your final mm -hmm. thoughts on the topic of tonight? Yeah, so um, I'm going to skip talking about tonight, Mr. Tangent. Sorry. 
But uh, I want to um, don't do it, bro. Don't wanna, do it. I want to recognize the uh, the folks that were murdered uh, by the little white kid in Buffalo, New York. Right. Um, I feel like we need to name these folks uh, so that people understand that Black Lives Matter to us, and they need to matter to everybody. And so, give me a little time because it's it's, it's some folks. It's Roberta A. Drury, uh, age thirty two. Marcus D. Morrison of Buffalo, New York, age 52. Andre McNeil of Auburn, New York, age 53. Aaron Salter of Lockport, New York, age 55. Uh, Geraldine Talley of Buffalo, New York, age 62. Cel Celestine Cheney of Buffalo, New York, age 65. Hayward Patterson of Buffalo, New York, age 67. Catherine Massey of Buffalo, New York, age 72. Pearl Young of Buffalo, New York, age 77. Ruth Whitfield of Buffalo, New York, age 86. And so for the uh, victims of this senseless crime rooted in white supremacy and white terrorism, um, my prayers and our prayers go out to those families. Thanks for saying their names. I'm sure the person that uh you know that killed these human beings was you know was shot and killed you know um I'm I'm sure that happened right because that's what that's Get what always too, happens right yeah yeah, yeah no. thank you Raymond uh go ahead Charles I mean do you want to have an actual you can still have a final I mean we needed to say that but you can still have a take on oh, this yeah yeah, yeah let me get a, let me get a final thought here there you go all right. <laughs> so listen, if you hey, so so if you if you don't have haters, then you're not really doing the work, right? <laughs> work, uh, and this work comes with haters, and, and so you need to be prepared for it, uh, and you need to be able to do the things that you need to do, both physically and mentally. And to double down on Charles's point, if you come on stage and I'm on stage, you get in the smack of downeth. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like, no, I mean, I appreciate that. I I'll roll into mine. Uh, yeah, let's just go ahead. Uh, I agree, uh, with all of that, and, and and very, very sad to hear about that tragedy. Um, so thank you for doing that. We should have had that, you know, I, I we mentioned that in the show. Um, here, here, are just my final thoughts. It's just the, the final points of what Chris asked us to prepare. Uh, here are just some tips. Use that hate as fuel to be better at what you do. You know, if there's some validity in some of it, take a look at it. But, you know, use it to, to improve. But take that energy and, and, and convert that energy into something positive. Um, a lot of what I've been able to do has been converted from hate. It has been converted from things that I hated growing up. And it is I, I had to make sure that it, that it was a blessing that God bestowed on me. The other thing is, what's your anchor? You got to know it. You got to know your limits. You got to know what pushes you over the edge and what will make you irrational. It's really good. So that way your team can protect you, your job can protect you, and the people that know your heart can, you know, make sure that you're in good situations or they can see things coming and maybe help you out. Three, you got to be okay with being alone. Part of this, all this hate stuff is when you feel like you got to be friends with everybody. And, and this is me. I, I felt like when I did this work, I had to be friendly with all the black people that were in it and like show up at everything and be there for every piece. And, and, and it didn't it did not have a good impact on me. Um, and like I, I'm if, unless I'm invited, unless 
I have a specific goal like or a specific task to do, uh, I'm probably not showing up. I'm, I'm going to kick it with my real friends. Um, and, and that's what's going to happen. But I'm, I'm happy to come. I just need a reason for being there. Every time I got in trouble in my life, I was somewhere where I wasn't really invited and I didn't need to be. And just because this is education work or professional work, those rules still apply. Um, be around people that know your heart. I think that's really important because we live in a time where people do a lot of showing. They do a lot of like uh, flag flying or just kind of like, OK, virtue signaling or whatnot. You need some people that know your heart because you're not going to say everything right. They got a new term for shit every single day. So if people really don't like you, they'll be able to pull up some tweets, some some thoughts or whatever the case is. That was OK a week ago, but ain't OK now. So make sure you got a good crop of people so you don't just think you are a hole all the time. And then I would just say and, and finally, if you coming back to this work or you coming into this work, there is actual work that needs to happen. You might see people giving talks. You might see stuff like the A Black Hands. Like we were the first ones to kind of come into this space and do this the way that we did it. There was a void. There was a vacuum. And there's a lot of people here now. And we welcome those people. We've helped many of those people get here. But there also is work that happens in the background, a lot of work around our people um, where this is just the show of that work. This is not the work. And I think that that's just really important to know. And finally, right? For a lot of people, if you are getting that type of genuine hate and you don't understand this for some stuff you're doing and they're trying to explain your gains and your wins away, just understand and know you are proof of something that they have probably said publicly or to a lot of people is impossible. And now you're doing it. And now other people looking at them sideways and they feeling that pressure and people that have hate on me, people that I've had issues with. Most things can be solved with a conversation. I've had people that it's been serious beast with and we can have a conversation and get it away. But in, in the absence of that stuff, um, it just ain't always sweet, man. A lot of people, and I, I know it's long-winded, but this is important. Sharif alluded to this. I'm going to say it because Sharif is not going to say it like this. It is a lot of people in this work that just recognize that they was a black person in college. There's a lot of black people that's in this work that did not, maybe not have felt in love with their own community, their own culture, young. And now they got some success and they get to be the black person in that room. And then... When an authentic black person shows up, it exposes things and they don't like that. And they got to get you up out that space. Cat Williams said sometimes it's a Chrysler 300 and it looks a little bit like a Bentley. And then a Bentley rolls up. Sometimes you just a Bentley, man. And they're a Chrysler 300. And that's their issue to deal with. So take it as a compliment, but stay on your square and keep moving forward, because ultimately the goal is helping our people and doing your work. That's my final thought. You know, <laughs> I'm so glad that you, uh, you know, mentioned that that interruption because, you know, uh, it reminds me of uh, James Baldwin uh, when he talked about those who, you know, uh, believe that, it, you know, things can't be done are usually interrupted by others doing it. And what happens when that interruption happens? You know, uh, what happens when you, when someone you have this cognitive dissonance or you this deep belief that this can't work or these people are not uh, human beings and, and folks say, like, you know, what, I'm not going to uh defend my you know like prove my humanity but i'm damn sure going to defend it like what what does that mean and how what is the haters reaction to that also cole love that you said uh you know consider what people you know tell you even if their intentions were impure even if their intentions were downright hostile because i do think that we can be uh courageous and humble at the same time and so even if it came from the, uh, you know, the words of a of a hater, you know, can you use it to improve yourself? Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's 
really important for us to, you know, uh, to remember and to think about and, um, you know, and walk in our truth. And it's at the same time, you know, be, be a listening ear. And I think all of that is so um, important. And ultimately, if you know what your why, who you're serving, what you're serving, um, what's the cause, who you're with, who you're working with, and the fee- and being in a feedback loop, right? Being in a feedback loop with those that you serve, um, you know, and having the trust where they're going to give you the truth, the honest truth, having that circle, um, as you mentioned, to make sure that it happens. And then ultimately, just remember Haki Mathubuti, you know, and then again, this is something that we would, we would memorize in elementary school, you know, but that all that is good and accomplished in this world takes work. Everything else is jive. And so you can think about back in the day when in the 70s, when they talk about like this job is jive, a whole lot of those folks out there are jive. Don't worry about it. Keep focused and, you know, let it roll off, roll off your back. You know what I mean? Kill them with blindness. Determine who mm-hmm. you ain't even going to see. Wow. Well, um, first of all, I appreciate all the work that you all, all are doing. When we talk about the work, when people say the work, so work looks like, different than the job, you know, right? Different than the job. Different than the job. It's the revolution. I mean, our children are captive. Our children have never stopped being a captive. So if you are, I have no friends who are not daily thinking about and working on the liberation and freeing of uh, black children because they are captive today, just like they were captive 20 years ago and 50 years ago and 100 years ago. The captivity just looks different today than it has ever looked before. Um, There are actively 8 million Black children walking in the schools that are trying to foreclose on their minds and their futures every single day. It's an act of war. A lot of times it's class war, but it's definitely race war on the Black mind, the Black child, and the Black future. And if you don't think that it's just that serious, or if, you, if it sounds like dramatic what I'm saying to you, then maybe the work isn't for you. Maybe you're not going to be this activist that is going to stand up or this advocate who's going to stand up and constantly ask the question, how are the children? What are you doing for them? How are we freeing, freeing them? What uh, resources and opportunities and avenues are we putting them on to make the future different than what the past has been? Uh, so we have no friends who are not working on that. We have no permanent friends, no permanent enemies, uh, uh, only permanent interest. And the permanent interest of us right now is the black intellect, the young black mind, the intellectual development of the young black child. That is my activism. I believe we should be rebuilding our black educational capital. So if you see me doing anything, whether it's tweeting or Zooming or writing or meeting or putting things together, coalition building, um, uh, conspiring, developing plans, uh, trying to get policies passed, all of that is in the service of a single goal, which is answering the question, how are the children with policies? Answering it with structures, answering, answering it with a demand for change uh, that we stop foreclosing on the black mind. Some of what I heard you all say. So first of all, I'll say this one point too. Um, I don't think that the devil is concerned with you until you are truly doing God's work. I've always mm-hmm. believed that. So as long as you are not doing anything worth anything, you'll be just fine. You'll be sailing through as long as you're just consuming mindless things and uh, uh, intoxicating yourself with all of the the uh, the accoutrement of of a post-racial capitalist society or whatnot, then you're fine. When you start trying to do something truly liberat- uh, liberatory or different is when the devil takes an interest in you, when you start doing God's work. And then you will know because it'll be like the book of Job. You will be facing plagues of different sorts, right? You will be like, why am I being under attack? I feel like this is spiritual warfare. I'm just trying to run a school. 
I'm just trying to educate children. I'm just trying to get a program passed. Why am I like, you know, feeling like Job in this situation? That's because you're doing God's work. The devil is, has attuned and tuned into your channel. And you should take that not in the negative. You should take that as a good sign because the devil isn't interested in you until you're doing something worthwhile for your people or the worthwhile for the world. Some of what I heard you all say today, I'm going to like repeat these back in a few points in case people are wondering in, in some of the things that you guys gave as, as uh, points. Let your work uh, speak for you, Charles said. Charles said, let your work speak for itself and you don't have to defend what you've done, right? So, um, so you're not what you say, you are what you do and what you produce. This group has produced more teachers. This, this group has produced educated children. This group has produced uh, a literacy fund for people to read and decode a complex society. Uh, this uh, group has produced a lot of narrative changing content into the world. You are what you do not what you say, so let your work speak for itself. Be cool with not having friends. Charles said that too, right? Jesus was a super popular, right? <laughs> a lot of people are super popular, right? I don't know what Chris Rock said about it, but he said, like, I got like five good friends or something like that. And, you know, that's even questionable or whatnot. Uh, if you just want to be liked, this not, might not be the work for you. Uh, every time you get uh, you get lumps doesn't mean that you took a loss. Make sure your opponent knows that they were a fight in a fight, even when you're going to lose. So you're going to take some lumps. Be OK with it. Discernment. Know when to respond and, and when not to respond. As uh, uh, Sharif said, kill him with kindness and kill him with blindness. You know, some people you're not even going to see. Uh, so be good at determining whether it's an actual threat or the wrong narrative that you are trying to put out. Um, um, know who you are accountable to and for. We are here for our people. We are here for the liberation of our people. Anything else is noise, right? So people could call you all kinds of neoliberal, privatizer, whatever word du jour that they have for the week to describe a threat to their social order. They can call you all of that. And you can be all of that in their mind. They're not trying to liberate you or your people or your children. And just remember who you're accountable to. If the hardest thing you have to do is open your mouth and tell the truth about the conditions of your people. You have it better than your ancestors had. So open your mouth, let your ancestors speak. Uh, remember uh, who you're doing the work for and be centered in that. I heard Ray say that earlier, be centered in that work. Uh, and the last one, I don't know which one of the brothers said this, but this one to me feels like the most important one. Be in community with your supporters who give you strength so that when you deal with the haters, uh, you are emboldened and in, in strength, uh, 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 I'm sorry, strengthened and fortified and ready for that fight because you have your people uh, in your ear and with you and, and your supporters are bigger than your haters. And I would say Google Cat uh, Williams haters. It's a great clip. Uh, I think one of the brothers mentioned that. And I would say do that because uh, uh, he says, let haters do their job. Yeah, their job is to hate. Their job is to hate. That's what they're supposed to do. Let them do their job. You need to get in touch with your star player. Your star player is the inner you that you build up every day. You look in the mirror and say, you looking tall today. That's what Cat Williams said, right? <laughs> Brother, is you 6'2", is you right? You need to be your own star player and your biggest hype man and let haters do their job, right? So that's all I got, brothers. Did I miss anything? No, I think I, I, I like I'm gonna look up that cat clip because what what you I don't all think you should look it up. It's gonna be on yeah, you should your house. All right, I'll just take the, the condensed version <laughs> that y'all just shared. Um Ray, fix your eyebrows. 
Um, <laughs> what, what y'all reminded me of is just like, just from a spiritual sense, you know, like it said, uh, what Shakespeare said, like the world's a stage, you know, and my wife reminds me all the time and, you know, people in her circle, like she reminds all the time that there are people who are actually playing their role in your life. And it do, even if it's hate, it doesn't mean that it's not for you to improve and refine yourself, right? Just even your reaction, how you respond to that, and those high roads that you might want to aspire to take and things like that, it, it still means that you may be refining your skill, your technique, your language, your actions, all of those things, right? And so if the world is a stage and there are people, you know, if you think about it, some of our, you know, most impactful people actually had the biggest haters. And right, as you mentioned, like when you're doing God's work, that's when, you know, uh, you know, the devil will come to you. Everybody who had um, a colossal impact they could not have ascended to that space that impactful without the hate. So use that as, as a fuel, use it as fuel, you know, but uh, there's, a, there's ways I think just to refine our spirituality as we lead, as we push, as we challenge, as we are um, activists. Um, and so, you know, look at it from, um, you know, another angle, like they're just playing a role that they're supposed to play and remove the emotions from it and say like, you know what, I'm going to use, I'm going to actually use you to improve the work that I'm doing on behalf of our community. Right. So, you know, it's it. a lot to think about. I appreciate, you know, um, I appreciate the, the topic today. Mm -hmm. Well, we love all y'all that came in and watched tonight and added comments into the comment feed. We appreciate y'all. Please share the show with a friend, even after it's done, uh, get more people up on the eight black hands train, get them to understand what we do. We have some new stuff that's going to be coming out for you all. So please watch and stay tuned for some Oh, wait, Chris, I'm sorry. Can you uh, tell me? Go go. No, 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 no. It's good. We wrote a book for y'all. We wrote a book for y'all and it is available and it's free. Go to abh.org and then just put in your email address and then there will be a link that sends you there. We will do a much more formal, you know, uh, um, marketing scheme or strategy, but go to abh.org right now. I'm sorry about that, Chris. I meant to get something out to you earlier no. on, brother. I appreciate it. Sorry. So people go to abh.org, uh, uh, look for more information there on our new uh, PDF that we have for you, a publication, something that we wrote. We'll be writing more there. Uh, also, you could go to Patreon and look up Eight Black Hands and join our Patreon. We'll be having more uh, information for you coming as a Patreon member and a Patreon guest. And uh, we are still working on a national tour as the Eight Black Hands. So as always, we appreciate you uh, being in the game with us to save black children. Thank you. We will see you next week with another great show.